Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. Well, look, this week, we're going to talk about starting fresh because the season is about to change. Now, I know, I know, we're still in like early to mid-August, right? And it's always so infuriating when you see like the fall stuff outside. I'm like, it's 96 degrees. It is not fall. We are not talking back to school. Please just let me live. Okay, please just let me live in this space. I get that. You don't have to get your pumpkin spice anything out unless you want to. You don't have to start stockpiling your Trapper Keepers and your Crayolas unless you want to. But what you can start to do is think about the future a little bit. Because what we owe to ourselves is a little bit of foresight when it comes to planning for the next season of our lives. Now, you might be in college and you're getting ready to start the new school year. You might be going back for sorority rush. Maybe you're going to study abroad. Maybe you just graduated and you're entering the world. Maybe you're going off to college. Or maybe you're just a grown adult and you're like, no, it's literally just the endless gaping maw of my career stretching out in front of me. That's all right, too. We have the right to sort of hit a reset button whenever we see fit. Now, the big time, of course, is New Year's. You know, everybody's signing up for their gym membership and going keto or whatever. But why can't we do it now? I think a mid-year rebrand is really, really effective kind of because people don't see it coming. So you can kind of like slip this rebrand in under the radar a little bit. And I always think it's great to coincide it really with the end of a season. And just because you might not be going back to school, well, why can't we siphon off a little of that energy go back in our mind to when we were going back to school and engage in a little bit of reinvention. I used pretty much every summer of my, you know, life when I was a kid and still in school and a teenager and a college student to reinvent myself. Like that's what I spent every summer doing. Probably like maybe a little too much, but I used it to like work out, refresh my wardrobe, work a ton and save my money so that I could go into the year like feeling good about things. This is just kind of how I tend to be in the summer. It's, it's a time of transformation. It's a little bit of a chrysalis time. Maybe you're looking at your summer and thinking, you know, I've been drinking too much. I've been eating too much. I've been traveling. It's a bachelorette. It's a wedding. I just, oh, I just want to pull back a little bit, but I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to say, no, I can't go to this bachelorette. I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not supposed to stay home. It's the summer. I'm supposed to be out living it up. It's going to be snowy before we know it. What am I doing? How dare I? How dare you protect your own energy? How dare you look at your life and say, "Mm, I think maybe my tastes have changed a little bit. How dare you be in the driver's seat of your own existence? Is that what you're not supposed to do? Is that that right? Okay. So I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about cutting 
things out of your life and how it's going to feel and how you can effectively rebrand. Before we get started, I want to remind you to join me for the Alpha Academy Sexy Sessions. It's our hookup tutorials. Now look, these were only available to watch live and then for a week after they premiered and we have covered kissing, hand jobs, blow jobs, sex, and there's going to be a bonus episode Wednesday, August 17th about how to be sexy. Because look, all the technical knowledge in the world is great, but if you don't feel sexy enough to execute it, if you feel awkward and goofy and just not sexy, then what good does it do? Listen, I've been in that place 100%. I went through my own sort of sexy revolution when I was about 19. And then again, when I was 26 and like kind of currently again, it's, it's a life's work thing. So I will tell you exactly how to dial up the sensuality in your life and unleash that inner vixen. And if you miss some of these episodes and you weren't able to watch them, and you're like kicking yourself because you really want to learn about blowjobs. It's okay. You can access all of them forever, no expiration, by joining the Shalantourage. It is my daily tech service. It's sort of just a little community for really awesome shalligators. There are six different Telegram chats you can be a part of with different themes. You get daily text messages from me ranging from topics from Evil Week, fuckboys, sex tips, beauty advice, career, all this good stuff. You're going to get bonus videos from me and bonus podcasts. I think right now I'm doing like four bonus videos and story times a week. Really intimate stuff, talking about who I'm dating. I cry a lot. It's great. And I just really love to be able to connect with you guys. So the link right down there in our show notes if you want to join that. And yeah, like I said, you're going to have access to all of our sexy session hookup tutorials forever. It's going to be pretty great. All right. Let's talk about starting fresh. (sighs) We know that we're supposed to cut off bad people, right? I mean, we know we're supposed to. It's not easy. And we've talked about it here in the podcast and in videos, like how to do it effectively. But what about cutting off good people? This is sort of where I'm at in my life because a few months ago, And it sort of coincided with like a breakup and also house hunting. I don't even know. I don't really know what started it, but I just felt the need to make my circle smaller, to make my life a little bit smaller, not from like an adventurous standpoint, not my mind smaller, not my heart or my imagination, but like my to-do list smaller, my obligations smaller, because I realized there were so many people in my life and so many situations and obligations that were just toxic for me. And everyone has their own definition of toxicity. Some people can take a lot more, like their rock bottom is lower. And that's something I've been working on, raising my rock bottom. I want rock bottom to come after like three transgressions, not 500, you know? Be quick to cut someone off. So I I started doing that. I cut off just like guys in my Snapchat who were like, hey, and sending me a picture like of their steering wheel. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this information? What is this? And yeah, you can ignore it, but it still diverts your attention. You get the notification, you open it. It makes you mad that it's so stupid. Like that was energy currency that was being spent. And I'm like, I get nothing out of this. And clearly I don't think this person values me. I mean, they're not, they're not even asking me a question. They're not even communicating through words. They're communicating through steering wheels? I don't think so. Little minor booty calls, like girls who are kind of bitchy, who I hang out with them. And, you know, I just feel bad every time I'm saying no to big gatherings because they make me anxious. And I realize I was only going to like get dressed up and take a picture. And I'm like, 
Maybe I could just get dressed up and take a picture like in my home or at dinner with two people. You know, like maybe I could just do that. What am I doing? So it became easier once I accepted like, hey, I want to make my circle smaller. Let's cut out the toxic people. But this is the thing (laughs) about purging (laughs) and getting like, let's say you're purging your closet. It's easy to go in your closet and be like, oh my God, this thing that doesn't fit, this thing that has holes in it, this thing that like my grandmother knitted for me that is truly atrocious, this dumb sorority exchange costume I'm never going to wear again. That's the easy stuff to get rid of. The stuff that is obviously not serving you. It's much harder when you get to that second tier of, I mean, I like it, but do I wear it? Or for me, it's like, well, it was so expensive and it's so valuable. How could I get rid of it? Well, you don't like it and you don't wear it. And yeah, I mean, it was expensive, but it was a nice gift, but you, it doesn't serve you. You're not saying it doesn't have a value. You're not saying it's stupid and it's ugly. It just isn't serving you individually. Let's extend that to people because where I'm at is how to cut off people who aren't toxic. How do you get rid of someone who's fine? What I've discovered is that there's a lot of people in my life who need me, but I don't need them. They get so much out of our friendship. I'm who they go to when they're brokenhearted, when they need advice, when they need clout, when they need a mention. You know, not even that sinister, just they really enjoy me. And listen, I know I sound like a douchebag. I am a douchebag, okay? So just, if you accept that, it really lessens the impact of my douchiness. But when I look at them, I don't get anything out of this. They're not who I go to. They're not filling my cup. I'm filling theirs, but they're not filling mine. They don't expand my consciousness. They don't bring me peace. They don't anymore even bring me the satisfaction of helping them. Because that is something. It's like, hey, I get a good feeling knowing I'm helping somebody else, knowing I have value and that I matter to them. Honestly, I get that from my career. I get that from you guys. And I get that from my best friends. And maybe I actually don't really even need it. Maybe I want to use that energy to help myself now. Maybe that's the point in my life I finally arrived at that it's great to save other people. And we talked about this in the last episode, right, of the podcast. It's great when we can save other people. But by and large, we can't. And also, oh my God, what if... What if we could save us? Wait, wait a minute. We could save ourselves? That's like an option? Yeah, dude, that's an option, actually. That's an option. And the things we get gassed up the most that we want to change in someone else, guess the fuck what? That's what we need to change about ourselves. It is. And it's really sucky to realize that because it's so much more stimulating to try to save somebody else. It's so much more rewarding. It's less energy, we think. But it isn't. It is none of those things. I can tell you, I've spent my whole life trying to save boys and friends. I'm like, oh, this little puzzle I get to solve. What if I had reinvested that into myself? Could I have been a multi-multi-millionaire? Could I have multiple homes? Could I have a really wonderful relationship? Would I have a six-pack? I don't know. Because it never occurred to me, hey, mm, maybe save yourself.
I'm looking around at my life at people who are so sweet and have no nefarious motives and they appreciate me. They do. Thank you so much for your help. You're so smart, blah, blah, blah. But I get nothing from these interactions. Nothing. It diverts my energy. I feel exhausted by it. I And again, like, I don't necessarily go to them for advice. I have other people I go to for advice. And, oh, my God, maybe I'm that person to them. I really hope not. But that's a podcast for a different day. So how do we deal with people like this in our life? Good, but a bad return on investment. Good people, but a net zero is what they call it. Like, what you bring to the table is, in fact, a zero or a less. It's like a net negative. Not You want a net positive. But they're at best a zero, and at worst, they're taking your time. They're making you frustrated. You're getting codependent on their issues. You're too invested, blah, blah, blah. So one thing you can do, you can do the fizzle, right? When we cut people off, we can do the slow fizzle. Because there's something called the economy of attention. And I think we talked about this in the episode about ghosting, about how I ghost friends. This was like two or three weeks ago. And like, yeah, I've, I ghost people because you don't know how to break up with somebody. You don't know how to break up with a boy. You don't know how to break up with a friend. There's no real playbook for that. So we talked about this there, but we're going to recap it. So you can do the fizzle. Because if someone's like, I'm in a crisis, they're in a crisis. Like we talk about an emotional crisis, like an emotional getaway car, right? And we talk about this in terms of boys that we latch on to or negative behaviors. If you really are, you're running out of a bank, you robbed it. Where's the getaway car? Are you picky about the make and model? No, you're not. It's a car. It goes. I need to get the fuck in it and get the fuck out of here. People are like that when they're in a crisis. They're literally reaching out to whoever happens to be top of their inbox, to whoever they think is going to respond the soonest. Does that have to be you? Historically, it has been me. Like, I have a job where I'm not in meetings. I'm not on the top of a mountain. I don't have a boss breathing down my neck. I can drop everything and go to lunch. I can get on the phone with you or respond to your texts. And it's working against me. So what if you just were less available? What if when they're in a crisis, you look at your phone and you're like, ah, ah, I know I should respond. I feel like such a bad friend right now, but I need to be a good friend to myself because I might have to live with their judgments and their disappointment. I don't know. Like literally for a few minutes, quantify it. How long would they spend talking to you about how disappointed they are that you didn't respond to them? A few minutes? And how long would that bug you? Let's say a few hours. Okay, well, you live inside yourself 24 hours a day, all the minutes, all the days. So when you're disappointed with yourself, there's no getting away from that. People do get away from it through alcohol, casual sex, gambling, shopping. Like this is where vice comes in. This is the crack in our emotional foundation that vice enters through. And when you look at it like that, every time I give myself to someone and I don't want to, and I'm tired and I need to focus on myself, I am cracking myself open. This is like a horcrux if you've read Harry Potter. I am allowing these emotional germs to get in and take root because I actually am so disappointed in myself. I'm so annoyed. I'm so tired. I need something to anesthetize myself from that feeling. Let's pour a drink. Let's buy a cupcake. Let's do some shopping on that Instagram ad. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Does that sound familiar? I've lived my whole life like this. Now that I've 
shifted my priorities and walked in the light of the truth that, yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's probably why I weighed 40 pounds more than I used to is because I was anesthetizing myself because I had no fucking self-control. I couldn't say no to people and I couldn't say no to myself. And all of these things were related. All of them walked hand in hand. I'm thin and I'm ruthless. I was fat and I was permissive. Now that I see what something costs me, I'm not buying it. Nope. So there's your option. You can do the fizzle. And they're going to go to whoever they need to to get their needs met. And they might be like, mm, mm, she didn't answer. But we all know that friend who it's like, ugh, Megan's just a bad texter. She's not a bad texter. I guarantee she's getting back to people she cares about. She's getting back to her husband. She's getting back to her sister. She's not getting back to you because she doesn't care. Ooh, that's kind of brutal. Yeah, it is. But also, like, walk in the light of the truth of that. And if you need to talk to her or you need to talk to somebody, it's not going to be her. So we accept this. It really doesn't take much to get the memo that, like, they're a bad texter or, like, they're, they're just busy and I can't rely on them anymore. And if they're going to get twisted about this and freak out and, and ball you out for this, don't you kind of want to see that? I mean, no, it's brutal. It really is. It's awful. It's awful. You're being a bad friend. I can't believe you weren't there for me. That hurts us as women. I mean, that really strikes us to our core because... It's like saying to a man, like, you can't protect anyone. Like, you are ineffective as a man. I mean, that shit goes deep. I know because I say it to men when I'm mad. <laughs> like, I know exactly how to cut them. I've workshopped this a lot. So I know what hurts. And I know what hurts to hear. But I also know that it passes quickly. Again, when you have a reason that you're doing this. When it's like, hey, I understand that I'm hurting you. And you don't say this, but you say it, you know, in your mind. But I'm hurting you inadvertently while protecting myself. You know what we say. If you have to choose between letting someone down and protecting yourself, let someone down. Don't make the person you let down you. So if you can't do the fizzle, which I know, sometimes it creates more anxiety and stress than literally just answering. I completely, completely get that. What you can say, and I've started saying this to people, friends who... I've talked about my 11.30 p.m. friend. 11.30 p.m., here it comes. I can set my watch by it. 500 words about something that went on in her apartment building, some client that's pissing her off, like minutia. And I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth for this. Maybe because I'm a bad friend? I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. All right. I'm a bad friend. Great. If I'm such a bad friend, why do you keep reaching out to me, though? Ugh. So what I said to this friend, I was like, listen, I'm going through a lot. Like, I'm fine, but I'm going through a lot. I have so much on my plate. The new house. Like, I just broke up with someone and I'm heartbroken. I'm diving into a very ill-advised new relationship with someone that I'm sure will end in tragedy. Anyway, work. I'm launching all this. You don't, and you know what? You don't have to get specific. No is a complete sentence. But let's say you want to, if you feel more comfortable outlining some things, great. But let, you know what? Let's say that you don't. Hey girl, I'm so sorry. I need to disappoint you right now. I want to be a good friend to you, but realistically, it's going to be three months until I can be. I am underwater. I'm so stressed. I need to pull back and take care of my business. And I don't want to leave you hanging and make you think I don't care. 
It's that I don't have enough to give to you right now to be the kind of friend you deserve. This is kind of a compliment, right? You deserve a good friend. You are worthy. You know, you're not telling them, hey, you annoy the living shit out of me. I get nothing from this and I kind of want to scratch your eyes out. You're not, you're not going to say that. That's, you can let that go. But you're also keeping a real deal Holyfield. I cannot be this person to you. And this is important. Put a time on it. Put a time on it. Three months, three weeks, six months, two years, whatever makes you feel comfortable. But you know what? It's got to be long enough. Don't say a week. Don't say a few days. No, no, no. Make it at least a month. I mean, minimum. I would say two to three honestly, because studies show people can't really conceptualize things much longer than that. And that's good. You want to use that to your advantage because they're going to be like, they're just writing you off completely. Good. Excellent. Good. Because you know what? If best case scenario, you're like, oh, I miss her. That great. You text her. You got an easy in. You're like, hey, like projects cleared up. I miss you. You know, if you can do a phone call, but then if they start doing that 1130 PM, 500 word bullshit, you can say, Hey, you know, again, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just, I have to go back into my cave. I have to go back into monk mode. I'm really sorry. It's an out again. You know who taught me this? Fuck boys. Fuck boys taught me this strategy. Because is this not what fuck boys do? Hey, I'm just like really stressed, like applying for law school and like, my dog needs his toenails clipped and he really hates that, you know, so I, you know, I, I just can't be in a relationship right now. But then when they want their dick sucked, you better believe they're up in your Snapchat. And then when you're like, hey, what's going on? Are we, is this going anyplace? He's like, hey, I told you like the dog and the toenails and the law school and they're out again. And you're like, what the fuck? But they are smart because they have built in this pre-made exit. They've built in a loophole so that no matter what you might need, they've got a card to play. Hey, I told you, like his paws. And he's gone dancing in and out of your life. Is this a podcast on how to become a toxic fuckboy? I don't know. Maybe it is. Yes. Look, look where we've ended up. I'm so sorry. It's not how I started it, but all roads lead to toxicity with me. little bit of that. Borrow a little bit of it. And look, you don't want to be a fuck boy to a friend. You don't want to be a fuck friend. But you also do need to protect yourself. And when you look at fuck boys through the lens of like, hey, they're getting their needs met. You kind of hate the game, not the player, man. Like you understand that that's not a bad way to move through life. Is it an ethical way? I mean, no, not really. Fuck ethics. Ethics are meant for other people. Laws are meant for other people. Morals, that benefits everyone else. That doesn't benefit you. That benefits other people. If you're moving through life as a bit of a narcissist, which we have talked about in videos and why narcissism can be very beneficial in small doses and shit, even in large doses, then maybe they're doing it right. Maybe fuckboys have a real good beat on things being like, I'm going to take from you what I need, and I really don't care what you need from me. Because maybe 
that's what people are doing to you. And you just haven't seen it yet. So maybe you're not actually becoming a toxic fuckboy. Maybe what you're becoming is an equal. Maybe what this is isn't venom toxicity using. Maybe it's reciprocity and equality. Maybe when you look around your life, people have been fuck-friending you for a very long time. And you're just kind of the last to know about it. And maybe the playing field needs to get evened a little bit more. Can you tell I'm gearing up for Eva week? (laughs) But look, let's go back to the script. I must disappoint you. I front load things. I lean in to whatever they're going to say. Instead of waiting for them to be like, you are so disappointing. I'm like, I leave it. Prepare for me to be a disappointment. I have to disappoint you and say no. I learned this trick from the book Essentialism by Greg McEwen, I think it's pronounced. It's fantastic. It really tells you how to set priorities. Well, priority, singular, and then work your way down a list. And most importantly, how to say no. There's a whole chapter with like a list of like things to, not excuses, but ways to say no to people. And they all lean in. It's like, I must be a disappointment to you. I must let you down. Like, I need to say no to this. And, you know, I'm sorry, but this is my priority. And again, if you have people who freak the fuck out on you and call you a bad friend, good. I want to smoke that person out because now, see, I had you in the category of really good, but just, you know, not really working for me. Turns out, you're in the toxic category. Oh, okay. So now all of this like love and kindness and elasticity that I was showing you because you're so good. (laughs) No, no, no. That's done because now the mask has dropped and I see you for what you are. You're someone who's running a game on me. You're using me. You literally do not care about my life, my needs. Obviously, you're not going to be there for me if I need you. So bye. Now I'm not even going to bother with this fluffy script and the gentle goodbye. No. Bye. This is easy to weed out. So no matter what, you're going to have a positive outcome. Either you're going to tell your friend, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I got to go underwater. And they're going to be like, hey, no problem. I get it. Come back to me when, when things change. You know, it's all love. As we get older and we become adults, that really does have to be the foundation of friendships. It's all love. I'm giving you space and not the evil eye. We could not talk for six weeks or six months. We can pick up right where we left off. That's fine. It's, I get it. Life is busy. I get it. Or they're going to freak out and be like, you are horrible. And then, like we said, you take them out of that category that deserves like a warm, fluffy kindness, and you put them into the category that gets kicked the fuck to the curb. They're going to emotional goodwill. Bye. Let's upcycle you to somebody else. Bye. So either way, you have protected your time. You have gained data about the people in your life and you've moved forward. This is great. So next I want to talk about moving forward. I guess you could say like the next step, right? Because I keep going back to the metaphor of cleaning out a closet. Okay. We clean out a closet, I do, when I'm ready for like a style switch up. Like maybe it's the season, you know, maybe it's something as basic as that. Like, yeah, I need to get rid of the summer clothes I didn't wear, make room for all the new fall stuff I'm going to buy. Recently, though, since I've lost weight, I'm like, I'm getting rid of my fat clothes and my fat, (laughs) 
quote-unquote style, which was just drapey, flowy, baggy nothingness, because that's all I felt like I could fit into, just moo-moos. I'm like, no, I want to wear cute little crops and booty shorts and tight dresses. Like, I want to really revolutionize my style and become stylish. Like, now that I can wear the things I want, what is my style? I really want to discover this. So it's very helpful when you're cleaning out a closet or an inbox or a life to have a goal you're working towards, you know? And for me, it was, I want my circle to be smaller. I'm so stressed. Honestly, I'm so heartbroken. I only can deal with people who lift me up, who make me happy. And that might only be three people. You'd love it if it was 30, but it might not be. And when you're in that honestly, that cold-blooded place and you're, you have this emotional sort of sunburn that we talk about where like, ah, everything hurts because you're sad and you're stressed and you're just trying to keep it together. You're real attuned to the people who piss you off. I mean, really attuned, like you would be to a pat on a sunburn. Oh, you feel it. <laughs> you feel it. But that's okay. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's honestly the silver lining of like, I just wasn't aware of how little I was getting out of this relationship or how corrosive it was or how much it just irritated and vexed me in this little sort of mosquito-y stressful way. So what I'm working towards is fewer, better things and people, fewer, better clothes, fewer, better parties, fewer, better conversations. Okay, now you've got a goal. And this is going to give you some fuel to make those hard decisions. So the next and final step of your rebrand, of your fresh start, and it doesn't have to be a wildly radical rebrand. You know, rebrands can be very, very subtle. It's all about what you want and what works for you, is take those people who are left over like you would take the pieces in your closet that are left over, you know, like the really quality pieces, the jeans you love, the really nice heels, the quality nice bags. And figure out how to restyle them with your new self, with your new brand. With people, that means sitting somebody down and being like, you know what? I've decided I don't really want to drink anymore. Or I've decided I'm kind of tired of being a homebody. I, I want to get out and expand my social circle. Listen, a rebrand doesn't have to mean you're getting smaller. Not at all. It can mean I'm cutting out the things that don't serve me because I want to expand in a different way, in a direction I haven't gone in, in a direction that the people who have been in my life weren't allowing me to expand. They were keeping me small. They were subtly shaming me. They were locked into this idea of who they thought I was and who they needed me to be because it somehow benefited them. So you're going to take the core people that are left over and you're going to tell them, this is the new deal. This is the relaunch. This is Shallon 2.0. What do you want? Do you want to be more outgoing? Do you want to be more studious? Do you want to buckle down and focus? There's no wrong answer, but there does need to be an answer, right? Again, go back to the closet. I want to refresh my wardrobe. Let's go shopping. Okay, what are you shopping for? I don't know. I'm shopping. No. What are you shopping for? We all know what it's like to go shopping and you don't know what the fuck you're looking for. You end up spending $500 at Target, right? You go out, I'm looking for a great date night dress. I'm looking for a, a really sexy like pea coat for the fall, like whatever it is. You shop more effectively and ultimately you're happier if you can pinpoint what it is you need. What are the gaps? What direction do you want to go in? 
Do this with your life. Do this with your friendships. Do this with just how you move through the world in general. There is no wrong answer. And now that you have cleaned out your closets, so to speak, you have the room to discover. And maybe that's the new thing. Hey, I don't really know where I want to go. I kind of, I don't know where I want to take my career. I don't know what I want to do with all this free time, but I want to gather some new, fresh data. And now I've got time in my schedule. I've got the emotional bandwidth to do it. I want to just see what's out there. Maybe you're in a data gathering phase. That's all right. Great. Go do it. But just get people on board is what I'm saying, because that is going to actually give you more freedom to experiment. And, you know, maybe the move is not making something declarative. Maybe it's not like, I'm going to be a homebody, you know, because then people are like, well, we shouldn't invite her to things. And you're like, well, why not? You know, maybe maybe you don't even have to go so far as to put a label on the new you and the fresh start. Just, you know what I'm doing? I'm cleaning out my emotional closet. I'm getting rid of things and people and interactions that don't serve me. So if I say no to stuff, please don't take it personally because look, you guys survived the great purge. I love you. You fill my cup. You make me happy. You're the best. But I'm just trying to get a little bit more knowledge about what makes me happy and what makes me peaceful and fulfilled. So I might be saying no to things that previously I would say yes to and vice versa. I might come up with suggestions like we are going bowling and just kind of try that on for size. So yeah, just give me a little room to maneuver. But I love you guys. And I'm so glad you're here with me in like what I see as a new season of my life. It's going to be great. Sounds pretty easy, right? So you're going to clean out your emotional closet. You're going to move people if they need to be, from one category into another. You're going to either do the fizzle or you're going to say, hey, I got to disappoint you and I got to kind of go ghost for a few months. So if I don't respond, it's not you, even though it is them. That's okay. That's all right. Because the economy of attention will kick in. And if they need to rant about their dog walker or their sister or whatever, the fuck boy for the millionth time, they will find someone else. And if they don't, I mean, man, that's their problem. That's their problem. You go up to a restaurant, they're closed. Is anyone calling the chef to come back and cook you mac and cheese? No, they sure fucking aren't. They're like, I don't know, man, feed yourself in some other way. We're closed. Bye. We are used to seeing this rigidity, and yet we do not see it in ourselves. We refuse to employ that in our own lives. Why? Why? There is an answer under there. I'm not supposed to. I wasn't raised that way. Everyone's going to hate me. Get to the root of what that is. Look it in the face because chances are it's silly. It's silly. Restaurants don't stay open 24 hours. They're like, no, we, we need to close. We need to clean. People need to go home. Like, no. They've looked it in the face. Why can't we? When we can start there, when we can have the why of our behavior, why I want to be better, why I want to change X, Y, and Z, the how, the figuring out how to put that into action is honestly the easiest part. So let yourself sit in the why. Ask yourself about it. Don't be afraid of the answer because, again, there's no wrong answer. And see what bubbles up. And then make a plan to move forward and start fresh. I hope you like this episode, Shalligators. If you did, rating and reviewing this podcast really does help a lot to get the word out. Also, of course, share it with your besties, the ones who make the cut, that is. 
And if you're looking to make some more besties, join the Chalantrage. It is my daily text service. You're going to get access to six different Telegram chats, each with different themes, you know, so we can just chit chat about all different things. You're going to get access to the Alpha Academy Sexy Tutorial Hookup Series forever and always, plus exclusive podcasts, story times, bonus videos, rants, everything in between. And you're going to get to chit chat with me all day, every day, because I love you guys. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, girls. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Chalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.